0: Three, two, one. Here we go. <laughs> I'm your host, Mark Manke, and this is the Manke Show Podcast. And today on the show, we have the president of Shane Holmes, the one and only Shane Wenzel. Shane, thanks for so much for being here, man. I appreciate
1: it. Well, thanks for having me.
0: You betcha. As we're just saying off uh, offline here. I've been chasing you for years trying to get some FaceTime with you, and now you're on my couch. <laughs> now I'm sitting here on the couch. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, so many things that I want to cover with you today. Uh, this show is largely about overcoming struggle Mm -hmm. and I don't know if Shane Holmes is on an up or a down or, or how things are going for you guys, but in general, in the construction industry, she's a freaking grind out there. Oh yeah. She is a grind. (laughs) So I wanted to explore a little bit, uh, about overcoming the current economy, uh, right now, uh, just in case somebody's listening to the show eight years from now, it's 2019, it is June all and, and it's, it's tough. I'm a real estate agent and uh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's a it's definite just, ouch out there.
0: It's, it's an ouch for sure. It's why I'm doing all these crazy things, trying to uh, build my brand a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and doing it in a way that I enjoy, but you got to do something. You got to do something out there. So are you, have you guys been changing your business practices over the last four years? Because how long has this slowdown been from your perspective?
1: You know what, Uh, Mike, I I think it's more noticeable that, uh, that it's, it's been there about the last two, three years. Okay. You know, we've, uh, you know, we, we always try and stay ahead of the curve. So we kind of recognized what was happening a while ago, not everybody did. You know, we've had, uh, we, tr- honestly, we were very spoiled in this province. We had a tremendous 10 year run and it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, to step back from that and well, accept how's that, the how's current that, reality.
0: How's that meme go? Oh, please God, just give me one more oil boom and I promise I won't piss it away this time.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember that well. My mother was, uh, was involved in the oil patch for a number of years. And, you know, she had a few of those bumper stickers. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's, uh, it's been really challenging, actually. Uh, you know, I mean, when, uh, unlike some of our competitors, we held on to our people a lot longer. We held on to them for about a year, hoping to see some light at the end of the tunnel. And when we couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel, we, we had to admit that we had to lay people off. And it's always the last thing on our mind. You know, we've uh, we have some great long term employees, and we had to say goodbye to some of them. That hurts. That is probably the worst feeling you could possibly have, and it's not just for an hour. It's not for a few few days. It leading up to it, and even afterwards, it's a uh, it's a it's a horrible horrible feeling. But you have to continue on. It's the burden of leadership. The the burden of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is um, the sleepless nights. Yeah. And sometimes I would rather not be, I would rather be on the other side, just not having to worry about these things. But I mean, it's a reality and that's why we're in business. I mean, we do have to accept certain realities associated with it, but we saw it happen probably two or three years ago. You know, you could see that things, things were coming down. The general attitude was, uh, was that of concern. And you, you know, you know, enough people in various industries, you, you start comparing notes. And you can tell that, uh, you know, there's something, something not right here. We're not getting pipelines through, business is not as good for, you know, the car dealers or, or for a lot of the other organizations out there. So you have to pay heat and you have to slowly make adjustments. For construction, do you think that uh, the market is sort of leveled out or is it still on a slide? Well, right now I'm going to say it's 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 starting to level out a little bit. Okay, that's good news. Uh, and I and the only reason I say that now is we just had a provincial election, we just changed governments. We have a UCP government, so I think that automatically gave people a little more enthusiasm and a little more confidence to move forward on on their plans. Yeah, and it's uh, incredible what the investor confidence
0: means to the economy in general. Oh, absolutely. If investors are scared, whether it's big investors or a little old first-time home buyer, you know, who just finished saving up enough for the down payment, just got pre-approved, but they're like,
1: "Uh, I don't know if the housing prices are going to continue to slide. Maybe I'll just wait till I hear the thud at the bottom. Well, of course. I mean, we witnessed that uh, down south with our neighbors in the USA, you know, where their housing prices blew absolutely out of sight. and. You know, fortunately some Canadians were able to take advantage of that and, uh, and pursue their retirement dreams down there. Yeah. Apparently I'm not a, uh, foreign investment advisor because
0: when I was saying, no, 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 don't buy in Arizona yet, it hasn't hit bottom. Well, <laughs> anybody that did buy and, and, uh, didn't listen to my advice, they hit, did really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that as well. You know, you, you can't, um, uh,
1: wait forever before you get back into the market. Absolutely. You know? yeah, you've got to jump in with both feet first. You've got to make the best decision you possibly can. And hopefully it's the right time. Staffing wise, what uh, what was Shane Holmes at, at peak? And um,
0: is, is it coming back now? Are you back into a hiring phase? Or like, what was the highs and the
1: lows over the last I I would say at while? our peak, we were uh, 121 people and now we're down to 77. That's a big hit. That is a big hit. That's a big hit. That's a, that's a good 25% and ouch. Mm-hmm. Ouch. That's more people than I ever wanted to say goodbye to. Yeah. You know, and in some cases, you know, very few, unfortunately, but they were, uh, they were ready to retirement. This just kind of accelerated it by a couple of years. But, uh, again, you know, you've got some good people in the mix and it's hard. Like what kind of criteria do you come up with to say, I can't utilize your services anymore? You know, you're, you're less important than this person. It's It's tough it is well it's it's triage it's mm-hmm. corporate triage
0: you know and uh and it sucks but that's that's those those are the hard choices that mm-hmm. um i'm gonna i'm just gonna do it right off the bat that people like our prime minister couldn't possibly <laughs> fathom <laughs> you know? I know he lives in his own world his own it, little bubble his own little bubble he's a bubble boy there is there's no doubt and not to say that i uh if um uh Phil Potter or uh, Jordy Wilson Raybould uh, was to run for leadership of the party, I might actually look at the party, you
1: know, just because of the character of the person uh, running it. But well, 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 and it's interesting you say that because you know even I'm more interested just because of that uh, that character that they displayed. Uh, well, because it, it, it took real courage when mm-hmm. there's no when there's nothing on the line,
0: there is no courage. Mm-hmm. When there's no risk, there is no courage. They risked it all. They knew what they were getting into.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They got the cut off at the knees and fired, yes. you know, but they accepted it. And they, they knew that was the consequence. It wasn't some big shock,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they did the right thing because it was right. Damn the consequences. That's courage.
1: That and there's
0: so little of it in society in general, you know, never mind in politics and, uh, <laughs> they're both running as independents. Now we'll see what happens. I'd be curious to see, I would half suspect that they're going to get reelected as independents. I think so. Here I am uh, taking us off down a political lane.
1: (laughs) Shit. Already.
0: (laughs) Already. I couldn't help it. um, With the, as mentioned to you just off air here, um, how conscious and mindful are you of uh, delving into political content when you're making a post on LinkedIn or anywhere on social media?
1: Well, I, you know, I have to, I obviously, I temper what I say at times, you know, although I'd love to, love to be like some people out there and call everybody, uh, everybody <laughs> I disagree with, uh, you know, names, but yeah, I don't think that gets anywhere. I mean, it just no, stops it the conversation period. Uh, you know, so you try and, uh, when, when I comment back, you know, you try and, uh, you know, put some thought into it and ensure that, you know, the message is getting across that, you know, maybe this isn't right. Maybe that isn't right essentially asking a question.
0: Well, does this uh, make sense? Even asking a gentle question, mm-hmm. a thoughtful question uh, when it, when it has to do with political uh, politics or science. Now science is political, you know, it's like, <laughs> Everyth- oh, everything's political. Everything's political. Um, but as uh, soon as you look like the other team, whatever mm-hmm. that is, the other, the first team that doesn't like that team writes you off. Mm-hmm. And they get mad at you. Doesn't matter what side that you're on. Mm-hmm. So the risk of alienating roughly half your client base with a political post. Uh, and that's what I, what I mean by mindfulness. And mm-hmm. and I'm talking from the school of hard knocks here. When I was an active realtor up in Sherrod Park, I was such an idiot. Oh my God. You know, I thought it was my moral duty to spread the word of mm-hmm. whatever the hell the word was, wherever my head was at at that time. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I lost all the followers. Like everybody's like, Oh God, when's this guy going to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> Cause the only ones that uh, you keep are the ones that you, if you're preaching to the choir, mm-hmm. you know, and you alienate everybody else. So
1: um, ha- has that been a thought or has anybody said Shane? What are you doing? (laughs) I've had a few people come back and, uh, and make that comment to me. And I, I I guess I sit there and say, uh, then what would be the point of being on social media? Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm calling people names and, and and intentionally trying to start an argument. I'm just asking questions and, and maybe suggesting, let's look at the whole thing, whole story as opposed to what's the headline. I mean, you've got to get past the headline. I mean, it's something that I've, that I've, really tried to impress upon my son even, yeah. get past the headline. How old your boy? Uh, I just turned 19. Oh, he's a man now. Y- yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, he's a man now. Our uh, um, uh, stepkids just turned 18, the twins, and mm-hmm. the
1: oldest is 20. So I, I know that space. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awkward age. It's an awkward <laughs> age because they're trying to find their way and they maybe don't know how to find their way. Well, they're
0: legally. But adults. They don't want
1: any advice. They're they're legally adults, but not really. Yeah, and they don't. But they think
0: they are because well, uh, the the law says I can vote now, yeah. so I'm an adult. Uh, nope, it's kind of like Quebec separation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they um. I I want to I want to separate. But I want all the privileges. Yes. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want any of the responsibility. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I said to my uh, uh, youngest stepson uh, yesterday, I, and he's talking, well, I'm 18 now. And I looked at him, with great power comes great responsibility.
1: <laughs>
0: responsibility? Okay. No, 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 no. That's not part of the deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got that with mine because he just traded in his old vehicle for a newer vehicle and... And I just looked at him and said, "I will be there to sign because I know I have to co-sign. Don't talk to me about the payments. Don't talk to me about the insurance. That's on you. Yeah, you are. Spread your wings, little bird. Yes, yeah, spread your wings, because there are <laughs> expenses in life, and I don't have to pick many of them up anymore. <laughs> well, or so goes the hope. Well, that's
0: a, uh, it's a hope, you're right.
1: you know, somewhere <laughs> along the piece, I know there's you know, there's going to be a knock on the door and the handout.
0: Well, Warren Buffett, you know, a uh, multi-billionaire dude. Um, I remember some of his family members being on Oprah going, yeah, he doesn't pay for shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he agrees to cover university and that's it. And and only half of it, I think, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Yeah. But, um, uh, are, you, are you trying to parent the same way? Like uh, you could provide more resources,
1: but... I could provide more resources, but uh, I don't think... Uh- I don't think he would learn as much as he needs to. Uh, I think one of the concerns I've always had with, uh, with kids nowadays is that they lack the street smarts. Yeah. They're, they're, they're worried about going out and making mistakes because they think that is the absolute end of the world. I grew up in a time where making mistakes was, was a good learning experience, you know, so I'm, I'm always amazed when this, uh, when this comes up from, from him or his friends, that, oh God, I can't do this. I can't, well, just go and do it. If you fail at it, it's okay. I think it's Google's fault. Probably. I do. And I, I
0: actually mean that. I um, How do I explain my point of view here? My youngest stepson again. This is a few years ago. We're mm-hmm. in a Canadian tire parking lot. I got to change uh, a taillight. And so I show him, hey, this is how you change a taillight. Now, I had no idea how to do it for this particular model of vehicle or whatever it was I was driving at the time. Yeah. You just freaking figure it out, right? And so after we do it and we kind of figured out the process and scratched my head a little bit and we, mm-hmm. we got it done, I said, now, Kyle, how did I just do that? He goes, well, first you did this and first you did that. I said, no, no, stop, 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 stop. That's not how I did it. I had no idea how to do it. <laughs> I did it by figuring it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was the lesson I was trying to teach him there. You know, if just because you don't know something doesn't mean you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by it's, and Google's fault because you don't have to figure anything out, even basic uh, uh, map orientation. Well, uh, my phone tells me, turn left at 200 meters, mm-hmm. turn right in 300 meters. You're going the wrong way. You'll probably die. Yes, You know, w- without this um, uh, GPS chirping at us, whereas before with a map, you just look at the map, you picture it in your head mm-hmm. and, and you map it out in your head and you've already been there. You've already done the trip in your head and then, uh, then go that way. Then you
1: actually learn where you're going. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work with Google. No, it doesn't work with Google. Spell check doesn't work with Google, (laughs) but that's an entirely different story. (laughs) I hate spell (laughs) check. There's Grammarly now checks Mm -hmm. everything. So you use the right there. Yes. Please use the right there. (laughs) And then I get into fights with it. It's like, no, that is a word. Quit changing it. (laughs) So you're, uh, Shane Holmes
0: is a second generation company, yes. uh, the, the, the only company that I know of that was named after the first name of, of, of the son of the founders, which is pretty cool, mm-hmm.
1: but um, uh, you certainly weren't handed it on a silver platter. No, that was never the, uh, never the intention. Of course, my parents wanted me to work in the company and if I was able to, to become president of the company and run it for them, uh, but that took a lot of years. <laughs> you know, I've been in the company uh, while well, I was working part time when I was 14. So my summers consisted of, I get a week off and the rest of the time I'm working. If I had a long weekend, the, uh, the company was young enough at the time. Uh, my father would sit there and say, well, you got a professional day. Great. That's three days you can work. So I was out there cleaning up job sites, laying patio blocks, uh, you know, doing the odds and sods that they needed done. Did you get into the, any of the carpentry, framing, stuff like that? None none of the carpentry, none of the framing, but uh you know after uh, after I graduated high school, I uh I ended up taking uh you know a few uh a few university courses and then I was right into work. Now, I did spend some time working for my mother in her market research firm, so I have a great appreciation for uh for that. But then I uh, I came into the company as kind of a marketing assistant under my father and that uh, that's challenging in itself. Yeah, not everybody can do it. Um my my dad and I now get along in my late forties.
0: Yeah. But if we ever tried to work together, we'd kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> it it'd last about an hour. Uh, and yet um good friends of mine, I grew up with the McMillan team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a big real estate team out of Sherid Park. Yes. Wonderful people. And uh, it's not like they don't have their challenges, but everybody in the family is a realtor. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't start out that way, but that's what I grew into. And they get along pretty good and it works.
1: Yeah. But it's not always easy. No, it's not. Uh, you know, and I have siblings in the business, but the, we, we, we don't overlap at times. Uh, and there's, uh, there's a few of us who are around, like my sister was head of interior design and she's, she's moved on with, uh, with doing her own thing because at, at this stage in life, she wants to travel more. So, you- so she didn't want to work the regular hours. And you have other siblings currently at at Shane Holmes? Yeah, I have another uh, another half sister there, and uh, you know she uh, she handles kind of HR for us, and she only works part time.
0: Okay. She's
1: more than happy to be a grandma right now, and she looks forward to that. <laughs> so she works three days a week, but that's okay. That's all. Uh, that's all the coverage that we need. And I uh, I have a brother-in-law who's our VP of operations, so field operations. So he's it really is that a family all. business. Oh yeah, yeah. It is a family business. You know, and my father at 75 still comes into the office every day. Was there any challenges? I I
0: just, I know a few second generation companies uh, that have um, done well, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, the one, the other ones that I'm, that are on my mind right now, um, they did well, did well, did well, kid took uh, over, Mm -hmm. and it just went. Uh, Was that the case with you or was it fairly steady? Like, was there a market? Because you... I mean you really worked your way up mm-hmm. as marketing director and then vice president of marketing and then senior vice president of marketing and mm-hmm. several years at every stage yes you know it, 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 <laughs> so, like you had to earn it and um, dur- during that journey, mm-hmm. you know it, it was a, it was a long journey was it um, were, were you respected the whole way through or were you thought, oh, you're just the silver spoon kid?
1: There's always going to be people like that in your company. Well, there's always going to be you know some. But was it a barrier for you? Uh, I don't think it was as much of a barrier as what it what it could be perceived. It uh, it was definitely there. I knew about it. Yeah. Uh, those people you can never change their mind. No. You know, no matter what you do, no matter uh, what you implement, uh, you know. And unfortunately, those those are the people who end up going over time. You know, good quality people, but they just they can't envision working for the next generation.
0: Well, and whenever anybody's doing well, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether whether you it was ground up or whether it was a second generation company, there's always people lined up around the goddamn block to mm-hmm. tear you down. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I've seen it in my own life. That was a really hard reality to figure out, mm-hmm. to accept that, oh, these people that I really actually quite like or care about or even love, um, if I do this big thing or that big thing, they're tearing me down. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's always an excuse, whether it's because um, uh, you're second generation in a company or you just happen to be excelling in your field, there's always a patch of people trying to tear you
1: down to make themselves feel taller. Oh, sure. There's never a shortage of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still remember in 1996 when I brought on the internet,
0: <laughs> the interweb,
1: own, or the interweb, sorry, our website. <laughs> uh, you know, there were people that were skeptics. You know, you're wasting the company's money and you're sitting there saying, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how the world is going to change. And you know, my father, you know, he was he was a little more diplomatic about it. But I mean, he asked me for eight years in a row, why are we wasting money on this? Why are we ma- wasting money on this? And we were the first home builder here in Calgary to have a website, and then everybody followed. And then after eight years, he finally left me alone, <laughs> and now he understands the importance of it. Well, and this, he does the same thing to me on social media.
0: But. I think I think this old this whole internet thing might catch on yet.
1: <laughs> I think there's a, I think, there's a future. I think I
0: think there's a future in it. Yeah. Oh God. I remember my first email was, uh, for, I, I didn't know what email was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was some sort of mystical magic. And uh, I was just getting out of the army at the time mm-hmm. and I was clearing out, oh, we're, we'll just email uh, Ottawa and uh, the documents and then uh, you'll be out in, in a couple more weeks. I said, you'll what now? Who? What? Email. I said, well, what's that? Electronic mail. I don't, is that like a fax? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I don't get it. Is, is it t- getting teleported? <laughs> I did not understand. I, I, I still don't think I understand.
1: <laughs> I understand. I just don't like the abuse on it. <laughs> <laughs> you must get spammed all the time. Oh yeah. It's a daily occurrence. I'll start my day by going through there and moving, moving items to the junk box. What, uh, what's been the
0: biggest difference at Chain Homes that you have implemented? Or has it been a fairly um, uh, smooth continuity as you transitioned from, because you've been president about seven years now, 10 years, a while. Jeez, I think it's
1: nine. <laughs> it's gone by in a blur.
0: Oh, for, I got it right here. From 2010 to now. So you're in the ninth year of being, ninth be, year. being the president. That went quick. So once you took the reins, uh, were you slow for any big changes or were there any big changes?
1: Well, I think every family, family businesses, they have their own dynamic. And I have a very strong A type personality, uh, father who likes to have his hand in everything. And, uh, you know, and making changes is, is slow at times, you know, because you have to, you have to kind of sell him on the idea. You know, even though I'm president, I still have to, I, I still would like his blessing Sure. So we've made some changes that, uh, you know, that he doesn't always agree with, but you know, he does eventually agree with it. Yeah. Again, the website being one, you know, just one little thing, but, uh, you know, just business practices, you know, how you treat the customer. I mean, that was, that was a big one, you know, and, you know, trying to move, uh, move our staff in that direction of you empower them. They make a decision, they're going to make a mistake and we're probably going to spend a little bit more keeping people happy. But, it's better than sitting on the phone or face-to-face trying, uh, trying to fight with them, even though they're wrong. There's a certain flavor in, uh,
0: in your marketing that I've, that I've noticed mm-hmm. that's different. Uh, it seems to be people oriented as opposed to product oriented. Mm-hmm. And is that intentional? That is
1: intentional. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, again, you know, having a real focus on the customer. I mean, we're not a business that, you know, we're here today, gone tomorrow. You know, we're in it for the, uh, for the long term, and, you know, I mean, we, uh, we try and exude that every day and we, 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 attach it to the values in the company. So we expect our employees to, to work with the customers the same way. But in addition to that, we, we also have a strong, strong belief that, you know, we derive an income from the community. We have to reinvest back into it. You know, so places like, uh, recreation centers or, you know, health and fitness in general, education, uh. We have to reinvest back in the community to make it a better place. The, um, uh, I've got it written down here somewhere, the, the Wenzel
0: Foundation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you support a lot of different charities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it seems like the, there is a focus though on hand up, not hand hmm Like that seems to be the overall, is that is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment, yeah. So the, um,
1: Why? Why the hand up instead of instead of the handout handouts are too easy to give you know a hand up uh, I think uh, it it, it uh, it's more motivating for people you know they can actually uh they can actually feel good about receiving it and and working towards an end goal i mean uh, I think just recently uh well yeah I guess uh Jesus that only a week ago uh giving away scholarships at uh Bow Valley College. I mean those are the, those women are the, the the prime example of giving a hand up not a hand out even though it's a $5000 scholarship the stories attached to them are uh stories of courage uh, you know some were in abusive relationships and they had to stand on their own two feet and pursue a career not only for themselves but even for their children you know, and this is one way of giving them a hand up is, you know, here's the scholarship to make life a little bit easier for you and your, and uh, you and your, uh, your children to leave this abusive relationship and start your own career.
0: For your own development, it seems that, um, uh, not just, uh, Haskin College, but, uh, you just a couple years ago got certified
1: in leadership coaching. Mm-hmm. Why did you go, why did you choose that? Well, that would be one of the changes that I actually implemented at the company. Uh, there was no real formalized training for our management team, and with uh, with with doing layoffs, we actually let go of uh, of some of our past managers in lieu of bringing people up through the ranks and and training them in the best uh, management methods possible. So, I had the entire uh, entire management team and what we called at the time team leads go through this this coaching. There was no formalized training in place for how do you deal with customers how do you deal with your staff properly you know how do you empower people which is quite honestly a major shift at the company uh, because we 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 seem to subscribe to the uh, more top-down management style as opposed to you know more of a collaborative style of uh of managing people i mean i guess i've always had the attitude that if you're going to pay them i expect them to do their job but in order to do their job properly why not empower them? Tell me, from your perspective, the difference between leadership and management, and the relationship between those two things. Well, for me, management is uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for here. Management is is more directing. Uh, it's uh, you know kind of watching over people, whereas you know leadership is 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 giving people a direction that they want to follow. Do you need a title to be a leader? No, I don't think you need a title to be a leader. You just, you know, it either comes to you naturally or you can learn it. And a lot of people won't learn it over time. In leadership, um, I was putting a
0: lot of thought to this recently. Mm -hmm. And, um, one message I'd like to throw out to, to people in general, it doesn't matter if you're the janitor or, or, or who you are, Mm -hmm. you don't need staff to be a leader. You don't need a title to be a leader. Um, how you act is the expression of your leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, doing the right thing because it's right. It's picking up that piece of garbage on on the ground where mm-hmm. no everybody else is walking past it. If you're the one that's picking it up and putting it away, like I watched my youngest boy do just the other day, I was so proud of him. Yeah. I Didn't ask him to. He's like, "Oh, that's terrible!" Mm-hmm. Picks up this beer bottle from the edge of the river and looks all over and and he finds the. Uh, uh, the garbage can that was not convenient, it was not close by, mm-hmm. and, he, and he disposes of it. And uh, then had a couple of comments about, you know, the dirty buggers that left it there. and uh, But that's leadership. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you, you don't need staff to lead. Would you agree? I would agree with that 100%. I'm the guy that does that. <laughs> You're the guy that does it. I'm the guy that'll find something on the ground. It could even be at the gas station. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it saying, why the hell wouldn't somebody, you know, get... Th- put this thing in the garbage container. <laughs> I think we need more leaders at the Oak
0: Dokes dog park. It gets pretty poopy there sometimes, uh-huh. but yeah. you know what? A few leaders have stepped up and mm-hmm. because of that, uh, broken window theory seems to have taken effect and it's clean now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was getting Good. pretty bad, but it, but it's clean. Uh, and for those that don't know broken window theory um, and there's papers that uh, for and, and against broken window theory. But the idea is in a rough neighborhood, if you have a building um with no broken windows as soon as you break one if you repair it fast and like in under 12 hours mm-hmm. the rest of them tend to stay intact yes however if you let it go for 24 or 48 hours another window gets broken and then it's um uh, it compounds and then all the windows are broken mm-hmm. but if you can get that window broken uh, broken window fixed quick it mm-hmm. The it just seems to be respected and mm-hmm. and left alone. But if yes. you don't, they're all going to get broken, or more of them will be. Plus the graffiti, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I have, I have first hand experience with the graffiti. Yeah, and it's um and that that's one of the reasons I try to pick up uh, garbage when it's around mm-hmm. or. Uh, I pick up after me plus three at the dog park, yeah. you know, uh, stuff like that. And I, I try to do it when other people are looking so that mm-hmm. they can see like, oh, look, you know, his dog is over there and it's clearly not his dog's yeah. uh, business over here, but he's picking it up anyway. And then what I've seen is other people I've watched and I've, uh, and, and other people go, ah, shit. And they start picking up extra. Yeah. And that's leadership. Mm-hmm. You don't, have, it's not telling somebody to do something. It's showing them what should be done through your actions. Of course, you're leading by example. Oh, that's a good meme. I'm going to write that one down. I just came up with that. (laughs) (laughs) So what else, uh, what do you think makes, there's a lot of builders out there. Mm -hmm. And right now, Shane Holmes is number four or five uh, uh, for building permits. So Mm -hmm. uh, the fourth or fifth biggest in in, uh, Calgary at the moment. Yes. So, which is an achievement, especially like if you're only around 80 employees, uh, 70 some odd employees. That's kind of impressive. It seems like you, you're you're doing um, more builds per employee than
1: mm-hmm. than other companies. Is that a fair assessment? It might actually be the opposite because we're not the volume leader, and we've never wanted to be the volume leader. Okay, we have a different motivation. Uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to selling houses. Again, when you're supporting the community, I mean, you're, you're giving a lot more back that way, but uh, you know, I think one, 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 one of the other things that makes us uh, unique that way is that we do, we do employ a lot of long-term employees and that in turn gives you the consistency and, and quality in your, uh, your, your process and your builds. What are the
0: mortgage rules doing uh, to Shane Holmes right now? Cause you got a lot of entry, le- entry level um, uh, homes that you build. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So how are the mortgage rules affecting you?
1: Uh, well, like everybody else out there, I mean, they're, they're affecting us dramatically and it's a, uh, it's a personal piss off <laughs> <laughs> because we're doing this just, uh, just to accommodate two cities in, uh, in Toronto and Vancouver. Which are absolutely out of control for not only pricing, uh, you know, but for sales. Do you think they're going to crash? Uh, think at, the bubble? Some, at some point in time, Vancouver especially has to. I mean, you've, you're, you're grossly overpriced in that market, but uh, Toronto could as well. Well, Fort McMurray was a bubble and it, it took a fire to do it, but mm-hmm. the bubble popped all the same. Yes.
0: And uh, a condo that you would have spent 250 for, a little one-bedroom condo that you would have spent 250 for, you can now get for like sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a spare 60, I think I'd go get myself a couple of, uh, but you can't rent them out. Oh, see, that's the kicker. Yeah. That's the kicker. So you, if you picked up a piece of property in Fort McMurray right now, you better mm-hmm. have patience because mm-hmm. it could, you know, don't do it unless you have a renter ready to go that you can trust for a while. Yes. Or if, if you can use it yourself, cause you're, you're working up at Fort Mac, but, um, I don't know what the... Um, what it's going to be, it's not going to be a giant forest fire, but mm-hmm. there has to be a point in time where both Toronto and and Vancouver pop. There's wow. too too much slow foreign the, investment. Slow the economy down
1: enough, and that'll happen. Yeah, and then those, those millions and millions and millions uh, will be just gone. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest challenge. Is that you know you're you're doing this, or they're, they're the the rather the federal government was doing this just to slow down two cities, but the rest of the country be damned. <laughs> you know? why would uh yeah it just doesn't make sense and i don't believe that the government should be involved that way and you know who knows what's uh, what's in store next i know that uh, morneau has uh, has come back and suggested well we're going to make some rule changes and we're going to do this and we're going to do that in the fall with uh, with cmhc one the timing stinks i mean it reeks of reelection but uh, at the same time why would you want cmhc to be uh, to be on your mortgage why would you want the government that much more involved in your home purchase? The issues with pricing quite honestly are related to, you know, what's happening at the municipal level and the provincial level. How so?
0: Uh,
1: We've gotten out of control. We've tried to restrict the type of housing. We've tried to restrict the amount of building, you know, all for the sake of, of saying, you know, we don't have enough infrastructure. Well, then you have to reinvest in infrastructure and you have to stop it with the, uh, you know with with silly planning principles in edmonton there's been a push to relax the zoning
0: to increase density so mm-hmm. allow people to have their uh, r1 lots and um uh to rezone them for suites mm-hmm. uh, or to build duplexes yes. on them so they've relaxed that affair is that happening in calgary at
1: all uh not to my knowledge yet should should it well, I should, wait a minute, let, let me take that back. Uh, you know, there's different, uh, there's different lot designations in new subdivisions. So, I mean, it gives us more flexibility, uh, you know, based on the, uh, based on the marketplace, uh, you know, because to go through planning to change a slew of single family lots to semi-detached lots would be quite the process moving forward. Whereas with this different lot designation, you can actually change that to accommodate the market. Yeah, the, I guess the biggest challenge that I have, and I and I'm a proponent of density. It makes sense in uh, in, in some cases and doesn't in others. Uh, is trying to apply principles that you think will be available or will be the norm sixty years from now, but you're trying to apply them today. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's like some of the people out there talking about urban sprawl. We actually don't have urban sprawl here. You want to see urban sprawl? I'll take you down to Texas. I'll take you down to Arizona. I'll take you down to uh, California. I mean, they're still building, you know, 60 foot wide lot or 60 foot wide houses on quarter
0: acre lots. Well, Orange County, you don't know where one city starts and the other one ends. It's just,
1: it's just a blur. That's it's all, exactly it's it. It's all stitched together. Like you have no
0: idea what town you're in.
1: Well, it's either stitched together or you've got a mile in between areas. That's urban sprawl. What we have here is not urban sprawl. And in, in my own personal opinion, we're one after the other, after the other, after the other. And, and we, uh, we generally, generally maximize the density that we do in the, uh, the subdivision.
0: What's the reach of Shane Holmes? Uh, like, have you done, and forgive my ignorance, have, have you done much, uh, building in, in Okotoks or do you, do you really stay in, um, uh, corporate Calgary?
1: Uh, well, no, we, we, we cover off the Calgary market area. We were in Okotoks for a time and, uh, you know, eventually uh, our lot positions ran out. okay. Uh, but we're still in, we're in Calgary and uh, we're still out in Airdrie. Were you hoping to get into Darcy Ranch or any of the new developments that are happening here? Uh, we talked about Darcy Ranch and we had to pass on it at the time. And it was largely due to the the economy and the slowdown. That's okay. what forced our decision to, uh, to stay out.
0: Uh, what's your guys' scope? Uh, like, it's it's mostly um, uh, entry leveled up. Like, what would you say your scope is? That, what's your guys' wheelhouse?
1: It it's basically everything, but not uh, that, that's not, a big scope. Shane, not uh, <laughs> not custom uh, acreage houses. You know, so we'll, okay. we have our own multifamily division. So we're uh, we're building that. Uh, you know, but we cover off with uh, with street towns, semi-detached, single-family homes, semi-estate homes, and and that's where our our kind of comfort level ends is at the semi estate home. You know, we're not the builder to go to to say so, build me a two and a half million dollar uh, acreage. So define semi estate home. That's like the million dollar home, but not ten million dollar. Like, uh, what what would a semi estate home? Yeah, we're comfortable up to about a million million one in the Calgary market area. Now, okay. And after that, it's 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 not comfortable for us. We don't have the uh, the proper people or the uh, the proper. Uh, systems to build it and it would be easy to. We've certainly been asked a number of times but uh, at that level people expect a certain level of service and different trades uh, coming into their home and it's a different game. It's a different game altogether and there's uh, there's better builders out there for that product than uh, than we would be. Do you work with uh, with with other builders, uh, joint venture kind of thing? Like, say
0: somebody comes to you, they and they want something at one point five, and they're bound to determine for Shane Holmes to do it. But you're like, no, 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 no. But use Bob. Bob's yeah. good.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, do you have relationships uh, like that? Oh, sure, we do.
1: We have relationships with builders that are that are that are more more uh, more accustomed to that. Are you going to stay
0: in your wheelhouse, or are you looking at expanding your scope, uh, like uh, doing a Carrington? thing or, uh, commercial, or mm-hmm. is there any other scope expansion that, um, uh, that you have in the five ten year plan or are you going to stay
1: in your wheelhouse? Well, we always have a, uh, well, we have a land division as well. And, uh, oh, okay. and, uh, we have done, uh, some commercial in partnership with, uh, with other groups out there. All right. So you will stretch into that, but is, is that something that's going to expand in the future? Well, definitely the land will expand in the future, and I, I have suspect that the uh, the commercial component will as well. Yeah, All right. it's uh, it's uh, I I guess one thing that I've seen over over even my tenure with the company, which is almost thirty years, uh, <laughs> I've seen how things have really changed, you know, and how they've changed is it you know the that builder model where you come in and you buy a few lots from a developer. And the remaining lots end up in a pool, and you just pull them down as you need them. Is long since gone. Yeah, it doesn't work within uh, doesn't work within the CMA anymore. So, uh, in lots of cases, you're a builder in the area. You're invested in the area, and you're sometimes accommodating to and in, in cases three marketplaces. Are you optimistic uh, for the October ele- election? Are you optimistic
0: if uh, Shearer gets in, and you probably will? <laughs> Um, which I wouldn't have said a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, if people would ask me and I'd say, no, no, uh, Zoolander's getting in again. And, um, but he, he has uh, tripped over himself so hard, uh, so many times and so many scandals. Mm-hmm. I
1: don't think so. Well, I, I don't, I don't think Zoolander's getting in again. And that just takes me back to the conversation about leadership. Yeah. You, know, you have a guy in a role, the key role in Canada who is incapable of being a leader? He can't relate to uh, to the people he represents. And he's just making mistake after mistake after mistake. You need somebody who's really kind of in tune with, with with what Canadians want. And you're not seeing that. No, we got Mr. Dress up instead. Yeah. And he's making uh, you know, he's making promises that he can't keep. He's giving away our money uh, by the
0: bucket load Mm -hmm. to anybody that uh, makes him feel good. Yeah. (laughs) Including Trevor Noah with a tweet. Yes. Hey, Trevor Noah, what? 50 million? I could make that happen.
1: Yeah. Set up a gun. And you know what? And that just, you can understand how that pisses off the population. (laughs) You know, we worked hard for that money. We get taxed for that money and now you're giving it away, but yet we... We have issues with, uh, with healthcare. We have issues with, you know, supporting our veterans properly. Yeah, we, I've noticed that. <laughs> well, of course, you know, and, uh, you know, there's, there's issues within the country and I'm not saying that you don't, I mean, you do have to have some, uh, some foreign aid policies in mm-hmm. there, but, you know, use your example with, uh, with Trevor Noah, just on a whim. Oh, hey, here's $50 million. Well, that's not your bank account. You're responsible <laughs> to take care money, of it. That's not your money, buddy. Yeah. But. Boy, do Canadians feel like an ATM yet? Yeah, pretty much. So
0: are you optimistic then if the sheer government gets in that uh, mortgage rules are going to change
1: and that's going to help the industry? I have a strong belief that it will. And largely because, uh, you know, and I I don't mean this in a self-serving way, putting barriers in front of people to uh, to buy or build their own home is ridiculous. I mean, you... (laughs) people don't need the government to show them how to spend their money. You know, they need, uh, they need reassurance that they, they, they can qualify and that they can make the payments. Uh, you know, and in cases there were maybe some really loose policies that needed change. But again, over 30 years, I've seen it change dramatically. You know, you don't have 30 year mortgages anymore. Well, why? You keep running up the cost of it, you know, from, from, uh, from policy or, or, or alleged improvements you need to open up the doors and in in, in essence, I guess what you're seeing across the border, and I don't always agree with what they're doing, but if you introduce one new policy, get rid of two. Well, wait a second. That sounds like the orange guy down South. That's what he's doing. Sounds like the orange guy. Love him or hate him. I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge (laughs) fan myself, but you know, there are certain things that he's done economically that make sense. And that was one thing that made sense. Well, getting rid of regulations, um, uh,
0: bureaucrats love to put more barriers. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, and I don't know why they do that. Um, Or maybe I do, you know, I think it's a power thing. Uh, You give somebody a bit of power. All they want is more power. Mm -hmm. And, uh, putting more and more barriers is just an ego thing to say, look at all the power I got. If you mm-hmm. want this, you've got to kiss my ass cause I got the power. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the motivation of bureaucrats. But, um,
1: I always say it's it, justifying it sure their existence. It sure isn't logic. No, no. And, uh, I mean, I guess on that, uh, you know, that's the reason that services like Uber exist. You know, they're trying to get around the regulations. They're trying to make it convenient for people again. How is it that uh, companies like Uber and Amazon lose money
0: by the billions every year and yet mm-hmm. they're still in business and still going and Jeff Bezos is the richest man on the planet owning a company that doesn't make a money I don't get it I don't get it myself <laughs> <laughs> Could I do that please I'd like to be a billionaire and lose money every year I'll just get into politics <laughs> Well, that'll get me into the millions, that's for sure. Uh, it's not supposed to. Uh, so say if you uh, uh, see somebody that gets rich while they're in uh, office, you you know they're corrupt. Mm-hmm. And how is it that Justin Trudeau has a family fortune?
1: How Boy, it, that was started by dad.
0: Uh, but how did he
1: get it? Well, I think we all have some ideas as to how. But again, I mean, with him, it just, he's he's not a leader. Uh, he's a figurehead. I mean, I honestly believe he's in there because of his name and And his hair, you know, and I'm not saying fabulous hair do you (laughs) do and and no real eyebrows, Uh, but you know, it's (laughs) hard to say that, you know, i am left or right here. Uh, you know, I was quite, uh, I, I, I wasn't disappointed in a Jean Chrétien, but that's more of the traditional liberal part, liberal party. The party's changed so much. Uh, I don't recognize what this one is now, other than the fact that it uh, it, it seems to have an eco-agenda that I don't believe that Canadians voted for. I think we need a whole new party. None of them work for me.
0: I'm a UCP member uh, provincially, but I've also been a federal NDP member. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that was in the Jack Layton days. I just like Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he did the best in the debates, and I had a very... Um, unsophisticated, uh, knowledge of politics and, and, and greater implication. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now I have to lean right. Uh, d- just because if you don't, <laughs> it's bad for everybody, it's just bad. Uh, but I, but I hear and understand, uh, the stuff on the left, like L- LBGT, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all, all these issues that, uh, the right is can uh, always accused of being bad people you know and uh, i i i don't think it's true
1: it's not even close to being true
0: <laughs> but 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 running around name calling is like uh i saw Oh, what's her what's your nuts now anyway uh the best response i ever saw to, to something like that um oh her name will come to me she's written a bazillion books she's a big american uh, conservative figure mm-hmm. um It'll come to me, but well, and Coulter. So I've I've seen her get attacked left, right, and center, but her the best response, uh, she's on this new show and she goes, so how long have you been a pedophile? What are you doing (laughs) about that pedophilia issue that you have? Mm -hmm. Say, what, what, what? (laughs) You know, that was her response. Because if you're going to call me a racist or a homophobe or whatever, whatever uh, horrible thing you want to call me, uh, better maybe have a basis for it. Absolutely. Dr. Jordan Peterson is an Albertan. Uh, He's the biggest uh, intellectual thought leader out there right now. Uh, He's actually from Valley View. Uh, Yeah, small town, Alberta. And, uh, his response, he still gets a little pissy. So I think he's got to work on that. He gets a little pissy, but, um, his response to those types of accusations are, what's your evidence? What, what exactly are you basing that on? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a pretty horrible thing to say. What are you basing it on? You know, but I think I would go with the Ann Coulter response. (laughs) So how long have you been beating your wife? (laughs) What are you going to do about that wife beating issue? You know, it's, uh, it's just not right to run around, uh, calling people the most horrific of names. Just no, not cool.
1: No. Well, what's the worst name that you've been
0: called online? Uh, white supremacist.
1: You've been called a white supremacist. Yeah,
0: that I, I, I actually had to take a breath when that one happens. I was like, so like, okay, what did I Did I do? How, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> like, what did I say to deserve this? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Like there was, there was nothing leading up. There was no logic there whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, um, I don't like where you're going with your conversation and I was doing what you do, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, which is why the, the questions earlier about being careful about political statements, all I said, um, was, well, you might want to look at the bigger picture Mm -hmm. because here's some other things to consider. Oh my God, you're a white supremacist what? <laughs> no, pretty sure I'm not, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> but you can't get that away with that with any other insult.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can't, you can't go to, uh,
1: uh, to me, that's a pretty big one. Sure it is. You know, uh, I well, mean, and do they even understand the meaning behind it? Well, do you really well, understand what a white supremacist is? Well,
0: that's it. Cause everybody's accused of it now. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> it's so sad mm-hmm. because it diminishes actual bad people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh like you hear the term fascist getting thrown around. Oh, okay. Do you know that that term was actually physically changed in the Webster's dis- dictionary um I think in 90 90- I'm not going to get this number right. Uh but in my head uh, it's it's saying 95. Mm-hmm. Um and the old dictionary, if you can get one, I got one somewhere at my parents' place. But you get an old dictionary, you look up fascist, and it has no reference whatsoever to the right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Zero, right? Um, uh, and, and in fact, if anything, it's, it's a left reference. Yes, uh, Nazis were fascist. Um, Mussolini was fascist. Uh, Hitler was left. It was the National Socialist Party. He was like Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. So Bernie, Bernie Sanders is far closer to Hitler than than anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and people don't realize that. And, but when emotion is high, rationale is low mm-hmm. and that's where it turns off, you know, and that's why these terms are used. Naughty. God damn it. No, both my grandfathers fought against them in world war. I'm a combat veteran. I've actually fought in Croatia to save Muslim villages. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, uh, I've got dead friends and friends without legs because we were protecting people from the horrible things that you're accusing me of. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm on the exact opposite. I'm the opposite of what you're accusing me of. Yes. But um, but that would take logic, rationale, and the ability to listen
1: to somebody else. And that's what we're missing. We're definitely missing that. Uh, you know, and social media, unfortunately, doesn't help at times, uh, you know, because there are platforms where you can, you can be on and you're hiding an in anonymity. You know, you don't have to identify who you are. And I mean, I think that's why I appreciate a platform like LinkedIn a little bit more because you have to be yourself. So you tend to temper your comments a little bit more. You can openly agree or disagree with somebody, but you do it in a more respectful manner. Whereas if you're on Twitter, I mean, you're just, you end up with those people.
0: Has there been any value to you on LinkedIn? Uh, I ask because I've got a ridiculous amount of effort, published over a hundred articles. I'm trying, man, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, uh, uh, over a hundred articles and, um, how many contacts? I'm, I'm just under nine thousand contacts, mm-hmm. you know, um, and little or or, or no return uh, from my insanely large investment into LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, now, for yourself, is there any
1: ROI using LinkedIn? Because you're on there a fair bet. I don't know if you can actually attach a real ROI to any social media platform yet. There are definite benefits. There are definite benefits. You know, for example, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. We're uh, we're we're on the po- your your podcast. So there are benefits that way, and you do get to meet some very interesting people, and you might find uh, you know there's some synergies even with new businesses. Uh, I maybe utilize it in a different way than than what you do or what other people do. Some people still believe that say LinkedIn is a platform just to po- you know fill out your profile, essentially your CV, and. And hope for a new job to come up. I think that platform is is has been the one that's evolved the most of uh, of any others. Uh, you know, they don't have paid advertising, but they have figured out a way to make you pay for it. Have you done any recruiting off LinkedIn, where uh, uh, you
0: just notice somebody, their posts, and then you go, Hmm, Certainly. that's interesting. And and have you actually
1: brought them on on Strength? I've uh, I've hired people off LinkedIn. I've uh, brought speakers in that, uh, that I've connected with on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, you know, so I find that there's different benefits to it. You just, you really have to determine, you know, how do I want to utilize this tool and, and how can I use it to my advantage? You know, and that's certainly, uh, those are a few of the ways that, uh, that I found the value there. Well, the video can, con- can, can I come up with an absolute formula for ROI? No, <laughs> and others have tried and they're kidding themselves. But you're right though. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here today,
0: mm-hmm. that that's LinkedIn. Yes. No. We we've never spoke other than this. We've uh, just a little bit of correspondence back and forth. Yes. And uh, somehow I'm one of the thousand, one out of a thousand that uh, probably hasn't got ignored. (laughs) You know, because you get peppered. Well, that's that's a problem with having a larger company. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, Well, you're in the SMB, uh, so you'd be somewhere in the higher M's, right? Yes. (laughs) Of the SMB, small to medium business uh, being around around the 80 ish mark. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean goddamn your office is huge. You know the the the, the, the Shane Palace mm-hmm. as uh, you go past it on on the deerfoot that's impressive in itself. It's a small 25,000 square foot building. Oh, it's just uh you need a UR here map. You know, <laughs> do, do do wear like a little ankle bracelet so people can say, where's Shane. Well, okay, here's here's the monitor here. Bleep 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 bleep. Oh, there he is. He's in the east wing in the southeast corner of the east wing. <laughs> It's not that bad, not yet at least. Oh, good. Yeah, well, we we all got uh, uh, texting now. We used mm-hmm. to be the the home intercom system was the oh my god, they're yeah, rich. They have an intercom system in their house. Yeah, now everybody just texts. Oh no, I got an intercom system on my watch. <laughs> That's it. Well, um, we're gonna close up here, Shane. Uh, uh, for pe for businesses out there that are struggling mm-hmm. um, that are not sure of what to do to adapt to, to this market, uh, and just bearing down, battling down, uh, battening down the hatches Mm -hmm. and weathering the storm is not an option because they'll be out of business by the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to a lot to those people. Sure, And I'm talking established, right? Not, uh, startups, people Mm -hmm. that have been doing this 15, 20 years totally established good reputation well known Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah i was limping in 18 19 (sighs) might be closing the doors Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of them uh do you have a a top two or three do's and don'ts because you're still standing brother
1: yeah (laughs) i guess the uh the don'ts are don't give up you know, I know it's hard at times. Uh, you know, and we're all we're all prone to it. We're only human. I mean, you you got to have a positive outlook. You can't start the day saying, "Jeez, i I hope I can survive. I hope I can survive." I mean, you've you've got to you got to approach it with a positive attitude for one. So that's uh, that's the best way to start. Uh, you know, and I guess the uh, I guess uh, some of the big do's are you know control those controllables. You know, get down, uh, get down, and 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 really watch what's happening in your business. Make sure that you're on top of the financials all the time, and and you know know where uh, know where your liquidity is. But uh, you know, there are good times coming. I do honestly believe that. You know, can I see the light at the end of the tunnel yet? No, no, I can't see the light yet. Although I'm a, I'm 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 far more encouraged after our provincial election. I'll hopefully be a little more encouraged after the federal election, but. Uh, you know, I mean, again, you just, you've got to start with the right attitude at the uh, the beginning of every day and, and go out there and just try and kill it. Make sure that your business is up to date. Uh, you know, like I mentioned to you before, I mean, if we were running with the same business model as we were 30 years, well, even 10 years ago, uh, we would be struggling right now. You have to adapt to the changing times. I think adaptation is um,
0: probably the biggest one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the challenge with adaptation is the ability to be creative. Mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that you're a creative fella. So, um, uh, even the way that, that you present yourself on LinkedIn and stuff, you talk about, um, being a visionary, that mm-hmm. sort of thing that resonates with me, uh, cause I'm much better at that than the execution of shit, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm good at the vision stuff. Uh, so anybody listening, you need a visionary for hire, uh, g- give me a call or uh, book a coffee with Shane. But, um, uh, I think that's, that's the challenge is the, is the visionary piece to, mm-hmm. to, to say, okay, this is what is, but what could be, and then being able to adapt and change. Change mm-hmm. is tough. Oh, sure. It is. People, people don't want to change. You know, um, I, I was talking to you about the new product that I just found out for, uh, for mortgages, mm-hmm. right. But it still takes change. Some big companies have signed on for that. Yes. Uh, uh, even though it's, it's, it's 8% better chance of getting uh, pre-approved. Uh, just by using this, this one system, it's still a change Mm -hmm. and, and and that's not easy. No, it isn't.
1: But you don't have a choice right now. I don't think. Well, the world is changing around you. Your customer base is changing around you and their expectations have changed. And we have to adapt. And, uh, you know, I tend to look 10, 20 years out is where could it possibly be? Where could it go? Will we be on Amazon one day, you know, selling houses? It's not impossible. It's not impossible, actually. Uh, it, it could swallow the AE
0: real estate uh, industry. Mm-hmm. could happen. Yes, it could. You know, I could see it. Um, I mean, we have virtual 3D tours and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the next Uber interrupter. You know, it uh, could be our industry. Who, who flipping knows? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, I still think you need belly-to-belly Uh, person-to-person interaction, uh, especially for a a transaction as significant as a house. Mm -hmm. And um, to their own peril, those that take it lightly, Mm -hmm. Uh, the idea of of purchasing, whether it's a new build um, or, or, or previously owned home, if you take it lightly and think it's no biggie, it's just like buying a used truck off Kijiji, good luck. Yeah. To your own peril. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, I, I have a um, total sidebar, but, uh, I got a real hate on for the property guys, <laughs> not because they're uh, some sort of a competitor. Cause I don't see them as a competitor, but because they're not honest. Mm-hmm. They are not honest. And some of the, um, uh, uh, posts that I've seen them doing where they say exactly that selling your buying or selling your house is no different than buying or selling a truck. I just, my, my heart stops. Mm-hmm. Cause I've seen people lose their life savings a few times. Right, and yes. why? Because they didn't take my advice. Because mm-hmm. I'm just a greasy realtor. What the hell would I know? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's stuff like that because it does real harm mm-hmm. to people,
1: real true harm, and that's that's not cool. It's not okay. No, no, it isn't. I mean, we have the same issues with uh, with Mike Holmes in our industry. Oh you know a once you know it's uh you know you feel you feel battered but you don't know the whole story you know how uh, how homeowner maintenance <laughs> happened and usually the method that he's showing you is the one that uh that he's endorsed for uh there's about 10 ways to fix every problem and uh what do you want the the most expensive or the most affordable nobody and
0: i mean nobody outside of Jeff Bezos can build their house according to Mike Holmes specs mhm you can't. No, every it's impossible. Si- if, if you actually know what the heck you're doing, you know, uh, I know the space, uh, not as well as you, but mm-hmm. you and I could, could sit down with, with, and binge on a bunch of popcorn and Mike Holmes uh, and be pulling our eyeballs out yes. at almost every episode. So, well, this is, this is the, we're doing it right. And yeah. this is how we're going to do it. Are you like, are you freaking say, okay, that is a wonderful, from an engineering perspective, that's mm-hmm. a wonderful way to do it, Mike. Nobody would do it that way. Mm-hmm because it took 10 times longer is seven times more expensive. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that, that is not practical. Uh, nobody can do it that way. You know, is, is it, is it wonderful? Yes. Will you ever in a million years get a return on your investment? No, you will not. Zero. Zero. Even if it's a good, uh, I call it smart money and dumb money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's in uh, the book that I gave you there. Um, the, the smart money has an ROI, has a return on investment. The mm-hmm. dumb money does not, but sometimes you can't avoid the dumb money, like your roof. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> you got to do it, you know? That's it, exactly it. And that'll probably be a wash, but it's not going to be a lift, you know? Uh, like you, you, it's, it's, it's not uh, going to put money in your pocket, um, like
1: like windows. That's mm-hmm. not going to be a lift. That's going to be a bummer. Well, <laughs> repainting your house, redoing the carpet and other flooring, if you're bringing it up to date for resale, Yeah. There's some advantages, but you're 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 not going to get the money back on it at all. No, and if
0: you Mike Holmes version of any of those reno's, mm-hmm. um, you better not ever move, or you better not care about your money. Exactly, because you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, you just spent uh, spent a, instead of spending twenty thousand dollars, you spent hundred and twenty, yes. which is real numbers. Yes, like if you do it the Mike Holmes way, yes, a really. Excellent professional job at $20,000 is what it should be. Mm-hmm. Mike's way is one You'll never get that back. I mean, it's almost a crime.
1: It, it is, and uh, it's being promoted as the only way. Do it right. Well, we did it right the first time, or in cases, you know, maybe it wasn't done right, but that comes back to warranty. But if you're going to say it wasn't done right on a 50-year-old house, of course it wasn't. The standards were different back then. Let's get into they're a, not done to today's standards. Let's get into a Twitter war with Mike Holmes, uh, or did you already do that? <laughs> I don't get into many Twitter wars, but I mean, there's some people that <laughs> some comments I just won't let
0: go. Yeah, well, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to stand up and um, and and damn the consequences. I just did. Shane, mm-hmm. any um, uh, anything that uh, you want to leave the audience with before we close off here?
1: Well, you know, I guess, uh, you know, for me, it's just, you know, getting past this general gloominess in the province of Alberta. I think things are looking up now. I think we've reached the bottom and we're, we're slowly inching our way up, you know, so it's a reminder to everybody just, you know, I mean, look at it, get a positive outlook on life. I mean, we're, we've been down and we should learn something from that, but let's, uh, let's move forward. I mean, we're looking forward to you know, life. We're looking forward to uh, you know the next uh, four years. I mean, we've got a got a good chance of of becoming the Alberta of old, and you know, in a newer version. Final question: uh, There's been a lot of talk
0: recently. Um, there's always been a rumble for as long as I can remember about separatism, mm-hmm. uh, Alberta independence. It's never been louder than now. Yes. Like it's it's. Do you think it's possible? Think it could happen? I think it can. I think so too. Uh, Where would you land on that if it if it actually came up on
1: uh, say we got a referendum like the Quebec referendum? You know what? It's it's something that I wouldn't want to see. I mean, I'm a Canadian first and foremost. Yes. uh, You know, there are certain things that uh, that Albertans would need to stay in Confederation, and if we're not getting it, then then what other choice do you have? It's like uh, like being in a bad marriage. Oh, good analogy. Right. Eventually, you know, if it's that bad, then one of the parties has to leave. I love you, but you keep beating me up. Mm-hmm.
0: So, got to go. Yes. Got to go. And we do got to go. We're, <laughs> we're over an hour. Shane Wenzel, thanks so much for being here, man. Absolutely. I, I, it's a, been a real pleasure having it's you on the show. Fun. And uh, I suspect we might do this again. Hey, I'm game. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. I am Mark Mankey, and this is the Mankey Show Podcast.